0: The Investment Podcast, brought to you by M&G.
1: This podcast is for investment professionals only. The value of investments will fluctuate, which will cause prices to fall as well as rise, and investors may not get back the original amount they invested. Past performance is not a guide to future performance. The information and views expressed should not be taken as a recommendation, advice or forecast. Welcome to another installment of our investment podcast series. My name is David Parsons, and I'm joined today by Miles Tim, our senior portfolio manager for government bonds in the institutional public debt team. Welcome, Miles. Thank you for joining us. Hello. For almost 30 years, the long term trend in government bond markets has been towards ever lower rates, driven by globalization, technology, and accommodative central bank policies. However, since the Covid crisis, we've seen a quantitative easing driven explosion in government indebtedness and a massive expansion of central bank balance sheets. As we emerge from the crisis, transitory inflation has become even stickier amid supply chain problems and sharply higher raw material costs. Indeed, US inflation recently printed at 6.2 percent, its highest level in 30 years. While in the UK, the Bank of England forecast inflation will peak at 4.4% next year. Against this backdrop, have central banks lost control of policy? Is inflation here to stay? Miles, your thoughts?
0: Um, I think, firstly, it, it's, there's no doubt that the current supply chain difficulties are exacerbating um Inflation problems and the and the prints the spot prints that we're seeing particularly in the U.S. and the U.K. I, I think probably overstate uh, the danger of inflation going forwards. Um, but that being said, they're very lofty numbers. Uh, you know, the, the sort of six percent numbers in the in the U.S. Um, and, and numbers heading up into the four and five percent levels in the U.K. are obviously a long way above targets. And I think for me, the, the the key element as to our investors becoming concerned that maybe central banks are letting the inflation genie out of the bottle is. Not so much where it's pricing inflation in the next year or two because that's that's high and potentially transitory. It's more when you look forward in you know, perhaps uh, where are they pricing inflation ten years into the future because that tells you what investors are thinking about more longer-term structural inflation. And and there's there's quite a difference between the different countries. So in in Europe it's not really a problem. They've got ten-year inflation in ten years time priced pretty much around two, so around the central bank's target. That's slightly higher than it has been historically, but it's not that elevated in the US. A bit more so, then you've got sort of 10-year forward inflation priced at around sort of 235 2.4% there, so higher than the 2% mandate that the Fed has been operating to, and the, in fact, 2% realized inflation that we've seen in the U.S. over the last 10 or 20 years. Um, And the U.K. is where you've got the really elevated pricing of inflation expectations. You've got those 10-year forward rates up around a sort of 3.5% sort of level in the U.K., so clearly the UK market is pricing in somewhat higher inflation in, in future decades than we've had over the last 10 or 20 years. Um, so that I think there's some evidence that that certainly investors are are becoming a bit concerned about inflation, albeit the, the current numbers do, you know, exaggerate the, any rise in, in inflation that you're likely to see because some of the factors are undoubtedly temporary. So the inflation environment is, is definitely
1: changing, but it's often been said that hope is not a strategy. Yet this seems to be increasingly reflective of the central bankers approach to the issue of stickier than expected inflation. Uh, For example, uh, is the Bank of England's decision to maintain interest rates at current levels a symptom of a wider malaise? Or should we expect all the central banks to be overly accommodative in the face of rising inflation?
0: I think the central banks would argue they're not being overly accommodative, but I think it's whether you'd say they're hoping that, it, I mean, I think they, they, they probably claim that they're being a bit more scientific than hoping that inflation will come down. But nevertheless, they are assuming that it will be. They're definitely assuming that quite a lot of the um, inflation or, or almost all the inflationary spike we're seeing at the moment will prove to be transitory and will fall out in the coming months or you know, next year or so. So definitely they, that is the expectation of central banks. I mean, the Bank of England has, uh, you know, in their latest sort of forecast was were suggesting that they would only need some very modest tweaks in base rates to bring inflation back down to trend in, in two and three years' time. So certainly that is, the, that is the assumption of central banks. And so I think the, the danger would be that it, and that may well be to be be correct. I'm not necessarily arguing that it's, that it's not, but I think there's a danger to it because if it turns out that that isn't correct, uh, the central banks will be behind the curve because you're certainly You know, they they don't look like they're going to be they feel the need to leap into action aggressively and squeeze inflation out of the system within the next few months. So and that could well be the right strategy, probably will be the right strategy. But there's a danger attached to it, because if it's not, you've had several more months of inflation, strong inflation prints, and they will be behind the curve if it turns out inflation isn't transitory.
1: Taking your points about the Bank of England there, though. Given the interrelated nature of markets, should the actions of individual central banks be seen in isolation or are we seeing a more concerted effort on their part to collectively lag the market's expectations of higher rates? Uh, inflation seems to be becoming a global issue, but the responses are very localised. Uh, we may have already seen the first crack in the dam with the Reserve Bank of Australia raising rates and abandoning its attempts to manage the yield curve. So where now?
0: I think. There's no doubt that the sort of higher inflation is a is a global phenomenon, and we're seeing it you know, across the world in pretty much most of the countries. Um, but that being said, the extent of inflation pickup is is very different in different countries. So I think it's probably. Fair enough that you do have a localized approach to it, because you know for example in Europe the ECB at the moment dealing with much less of an inflation spike than, than the Fed or the Bank of England is so uh, I think it's fair enough that we do have a, a localized approach to it just because the extent of the uh, the inflation spikes is a, a different in different countries um I'm not so sure that, that they're sort of you know the, the central banks have got together to sort of act in in in, in concert so, so much is more I, I think there are certain central banks, the Bank of England being one of them that would not feel entirely comfortable going before the federal reserve i think yeah they clearly, as as you you flagged the australian central bank has decided that it it's sufficiently independent from the situation in the us uh, and they've got a sufficient spike in inflation that they need to need, need to take their own uh, their own actions uh, and the bank of england may well uh, feel that it needs to do that eventually. But I think the, the very close sort of interlinking between the US and UK economies leaves the, the Bank of England reluctant to embark on a tightening cycle before the Fed has at least indicated it's, it's ready to follow very hotly you know, on, their, on their heels. Uh, so I think it puts the Bank of England in an uncomfortable position. I'd, I think they would rather not have to tighten rates in any sort of meaningful way before the, central, before the Federal Reserve do. But it's a global problem, the inflation, but, it, but the extent of it is, is different. So we, we may well see localized and, and different approaches in different countries. And, and they are, I think that, that could well be justified. So
1: at the risk of putting you on the spot, uh, if you were tomorrow promoted to chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve, what do you think would be the most appropriate policy response following the recent inflation data, which has been the highest in 30 years?
0: Yeah, I, I think notwithstanding the the dangers that I flagged um, just a, a couple of minutes ago, I, I think they're. Federal Reserve are probably broadly along the right lines here in that they are starting to tighten policy gradually. Uh, they're they're tapering down their, their their purchases. They've and they've continued. They've been reasonably consistent in that message over the last few weeks and how they've delivered it. And they've just carried a little further down that to, down, down that track, you know, preparing the market that by the middle of next year they'll have finished purchasing any bonds and might actually be starting to embark. You know, certainly as we get into the later half of next year on a a gradual tightening in the federal funds uh, rates. And that seems to be the path that they're taking us down at the moment and they're considering to to deliver that sort of gradual message. That being said, as we've discussed, there is the assumption in there that certainly by the spring, the inflation spike will have rolled over and be on a reasonably sharp downward trajectory. And if it's not, they are going to have to shift tack and, and start to to what, both indicate and act in a, in a far more aggressive manner in terms of the monetary tightening. But I think they're, they're probably They've just about got the leeway to do it at the moment. Uh, but it's very much a sort of watch this space, make sure that the uh, inflation data isn't starting to feed through into wage bargaining, for example. And would your
1: answer differ if you were governor of the Bank of England, say, or perhaps president of the ECB?
0: Yeah, well, I think the ECB, out of all these central banks, has the most time on its hands because inflation isn't really much of a problem in Europe at the moment. The inflation and, both, and the forward pricing of inflation has risen by a lot less in, in Europe than it has elsewhere. So the ECB could definitely has got plenty of time on its hands. The Bank of England, I think, is in the most uncomfortable position here in the inflation expectations, not so much necessarily spot inflation as yet. uh, That's actually risen slightly more in the US than the UK, but inflation expectations and the pricing of forward inflation in, in future years has risen far more in the UK than it has in other countries. So that does put the Bank of England in a bit of a tight spot. They haven't got that much leeway before they run the risk of letting inflation expectations get out of control. So they. They can just about wait for the time being. But they, out of all these central banks, I think, are in the hardest place here.
1: So in the current environment, then the risk of a central bank policy error does seem certainly significant. If they do the right thing and raise rates, say, in the face of inflationary pressures and in doing so put the brakes on a global recovery, are they doing their job? Would that constitute a policy error? Or is this a case of they're damned if they do and damned if they don't?
0: Yeah, I think the current generation of central bankers must be looking very jealously at the previous generation of central bankers, because I do think they have a a much harder task in that it does look as though the the trade-off between growth and inflation everywhere really has has deteriorated in in recent years and certainly will not be as favorable in the coming decades as it has been over the the previous two, perhaps. So whereas in the past, central bankers only really had to tighten policy to, to sort of stave off rapid growth when it looked like economies were overheating, it, it does look as though this current generation, if we're going to continue to operate with, with inflation targets as, as the sort of centerpiece of, of, of central banks mandates, it does look as though the current generation of central bankers may well have to act to rein in inflation, even if growth is pretty lackluster. So in in the sense that they've got to administer probably some more unpleasant medicine than, um, than, than previous central bankers. Yeah, I, I do think they are possibly in a, in a position of being slightly damned whichever way they go. I just think they've got a harder job. You know, when you're inflation targeting and your mix between growth and inflation, that mix between that trade off uh, deteriorates, as it seems to have done, it just puts you in a harder position. So yeah, they, they've got a harder job to do than the central bankers did 20, 10 and 20 years ago, I think.
1: Okay, so finally, and perhaps controversially, one could argue that with current levels of government debt, inflating it away in real terms may be the politicians preferred choice. Do you think today's generation X will be generation public debt?
0: I think something has to give. And I think it, you know, it may well not be an expressly stated preference for politicians to inflate away and governments to inflate away the, the amount of debt they have at the moment. But I, I think the issue is you know, debt is rising. The demographics everywhere in the developed world are not favorable in terms of you know, having a A dwindling working age population to actually help you pay off this debt. So, I I do struggle to see how the current levels of debt and the levels of debt that we are moving towards will be paid off in money that has broadly the same spending power as it has today. In order to do that, that's going to require some austerity at some point in the future, which current electorates just don't seem to have the stomach for. So, I think it's almost, although inflation won't necessarily and higher inflation won't necessarily be a specifically chosen policy objective, it could be where we end up simply as a, as a sort of path of least resistance. Because if you're going to repay debt in, yeah, in, in, in currency that's worth roughly what it's worth at the moment, you're going to have to implement some austerity at some point. And the current electoral preferences have moved a long way from that. So unless that changes, it, it may well be where we end up just as a path of least resistance in the long term.
1: Well, thank you once again, Miles. Uh, I think we are definitely entering one of the most interesting government bond environments that we've seen for many years. How it plays out will be very difficult to predict. And I think you're right. I think central bankers are effectively walking a a policy tightrope across shark infested inflationary waters in the the months and, and years ahead. So we'll continue to monitor it. And thank you very much, Miles, for giving us the benefit of your thoughts today. And we look forward to the next
0: podcast. You're very welcome. I look forward to it myself.
1: This podcast is for investment professionals only. For further information, please view the notes which accompany this episode.